Ladies and gentlemen, it is your favorite part of the week. Another episode of Come On Over. Today is all about one thing and one thing only, and that is W-E-R-K. Work. Yeah, it is, girl. As always, I'm your host, (laughs) Jeff Morrow. With me, Emily Morrow. Little sister, editor, producer. Who works very hard for the money. She does. But if you ain't working hard for the money, what enjoyment can you extract out of life, Emily? Exactly. If I don't extract that hard work in nuggets of hard workedness, then I don't even know what I'm doing. You did not work that sentence correctly, I'll tell you that much, but we're talking about everything today. Our best jobs, our worst jobs, our dream jobs, the jobs we've had, the first jobs, working for parents, Emily's jobs, Jeff's jobs, everybody's jobs. So many jobs, and your jobs, the listeners' jobs. I reached out, and you guys came with, obviously... An overwhelming amount so of many. terrible, terrible jobs that really? I cannot wait to read to you. Just stick around and see if your name will be called in class because yes, if you, we're proud of you guys. You exactly. always you, you always shock us. A lot of a lot of feces involved in some of always, those too. Always feces, always vomit, and you know, a good old helping of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> there were there I saw like four, a lot of Chuck I'm E. Very, cheese. I'm very excited for the Chuck E. Cheese moment. Me too. Thank you guys again for coming on over. Yeah. We love having you here, and we love talking about jobs. We will get to that. Um, I do see a line here under the intro, Emily, oh, I that I that I didn't want to ask you beforehand. It just says, <laughs> Dad wearing Tommy Bahama swimming trunks. Well, Jeff, I just came from Mom and Dad's because, you know, you guys live awfully close together. So you sometimes did. You I... smelled like soup, too. I asked you, what did Mom make for I... lunch? Because there, there was an aroma of soup. Well, I brought Why soup. do parents' houses, when they get to a certain age, always smell like soup? Actually, mom was making some like kentucky butter cake so it smelled <laughs> incredible over there it's i like was the opposite of soup yeah so i know i just brought soup because i wanted you to try my chicken pot pie soup that you made but i made it with celery, celery root. root to cut down the calories and the fats i want to hear all about that but we'll get to that we'll later get to that, but yes. i smelled it in the air when you walked in. I, I was know. like why does it smell like soup and guess what 100 percent correct my soup. nose i guess what i don't have this week i'm what covid oh yay why did you get tested no because i could smell that's why i was saying oh oh i wasn't okay that's my barometer here if yes I can smell or taste i figure I, I i'm clean yeah well good for you that's thank awesome. you so dad was you came from mom and dad's house yes Just visiting, right? You didn't go there for a reason? No, I came there to kill some time before I came to see you. Well, Big Gus, as you guys know, is laid up, right? He had the ankle fusion. Yes. Which is similar to an ankle replacement. Which we thought was, I thought it was a transplant. Emily thought there was a motorcyclist (laughs) who died on the Eisenhower, got hit by an oncoming lorry, as they say, or a truck. Yeah. He wanted to keep his eyes, his brain, his heart. (laughs) Everything, but the only thing this motorcyclist approved to be donated yeah. was his ankle, his left ankle, and my dad got it, baby. I know, I know. He was really high up on that ankle donation. He did. He list. already met with the parents. Did you? Dad <laughs> met with the ankle, the guy who donated oh, wow. his ankle. Dad cried so hard. I know. They held each other, and I think he probably feels the soul of that motorcyclist. Oh, so you visited. Being I a good visited. Daughter. I yes. saw him. I, you know, yeah. we, we're, we're all taking turns. We're going over there. He's laid up. He can't put weight on it yet. So we're sitting there. You know, mom already had nice little egg scramble. English muffins waiting for me when I got in there Classic. and dad was sitting down the whole time so I didn't see until after we had eaten and then he's like I'm gonna go over to lazy boy he wheels himself over there 
And lo and behold, wearing powder blue Tommy Bahama swimming trunks. Oh, he was in the in the house wearing the swimming trunks. Yeah, I think just for comfort. Was he going up to the hot tub I on the roof? I don't think so. I think that seems Did like... Did mom have her like robe on her too and they had a little no. chubbly poured? Not Did at all. they have a whole afternoon planned and you messed it up by you know coming what? over and shoving eggs down your mouth? I, I told them I was coming last night. So, okay, I, so I, there dad, was no element of surprise. Dad was out of loungewear. <laughs> dad had some modified swim lounge cabana wear if you will just for you know lounging around the house it was quite the reveal i was what do you have on top just a normal like gus shirt oh man it wasn't his east bank club tank top no the mesh tank top that he's been wearing since and it has reversible and it has a date on it from when he used to play basketball at east bank club what date was that i think it's 1987 oh lord so you know it's that old of a shirt it's old but no, he's, he wasn't wearing that. He still claims this day he played with but, Obama I know. at East Bank Club basketball. Yeah. Who else did he say he played it's with? Like Jesse Jackson, Obama, <laughs> uh, Manute Bull, Bull, Tony Kukach. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Tony Remember? Kuk. Tony Kukach. <laughs> you, know, you never called him that once I, in your life. Never. I only got reacquainted after watching The Last Dance. Yeah, that everybody did. Oh, that was amazing. So Emily. Good. Yeah. How was your week? Interesting, not so. You've awesome had a, you week. you had a hell of a week. I did have a hell of a Tell week. Tell everybody so what many. happened with, um, with Michael's sister. Mike, Mikey Savage, my beloved boyfriend. His sister got in a really bad car accident. She was the only person involved in the car accident, thank God. And she will be okay. She just has a long road of recovery ahead of her rehab. Uh, She's already had a few surgeries, but things are looking up and everyone's feeling okay about it. But it was a really scary couple days. How's how's Mike handling it? I mean, I saw him on the Saturday after it happened. He seemed pretty calm considering. You know, he's being strong for his family because, you know, he he can't be there with them right now um, in Worcester, Massachusetts. And, you know, Mike, he's really being like the rock. It's just this is the first time, you know, a big almost tragedy happened and so you you don't this is real life and it's not um, all gonna be free pizza emily no it's every show on television streaming to always watch that is true so you know what these challenges make you grow and obviously you guys are navigating the storm quite well from what i saw and i'm just trying to be supportive to him and to his family so everybody thoughts and prayers and all that stuff good vibes if you don't pray all those things just send it to the collins family so they have a GoFundMe, right they do have a we'll GoFundMe. We'll put the link on there for there. And then if you guys feel the need. No pressure. Giving, no pressure whatsoever. Yes. But that's what we do. We take care of our family, Emily. Exactly. And all we're right? all taking care of each other. Hell or high water. And that's the lesson here, Emily. True that. So think about that. Emily, yeah. I need to ask you another question. Oh, inside what? a sub-genre. Inside, <laughs> how was your week? Whoa. Emily's oh. held up Whoa. Well, um... That kind of went to shit a little bit this week. I'm not going to no. lie. It's like, but I <laughs> I know, not terribly. Oh, is that my new That's other when you walk theme song? around by your kitchen just eating lots of meat. Oh, thank you. I don't eat a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. You know, just with everything happening and, you know, I was it wasn't at the forefront of my thing being like, all right, you know, let me work out right now. But that being said, I still worked out. I still kind of counted. I was conscious of it, but just not giving it the 100%. Saw it on the scale today, went up a couple pounds. Ooh, also, what, like this two, might- three or is it 3.7? Two. 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 Okay. So it's like my total loss is at two pounds. So it's it's discouraging, but this is part of the journey. I'm back on track. That's all that matters. Right. And this just shows that, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, but you got to keep on trucking. Keep on and trucking. when you fall a little off the wagon, 
when you've had, you know, some fried foods and you haven't accounted for them. The next day, you don't eat the fried foods and then you start counting again. (laughs) We're all on your side here. Yeah, so, you know. both things. But we we know. We're going to hold you accountable because we know. That's what you want. But it's hey, man, slow it's climb. up and down. Slow it's, climb. Life is a series of mountains. Baby mountains. Baby mountains after medium mountains. And then insurmountable mountains followed by another baby mountain. Oh, so many mountains. Oh. Jeff, how was... How was your week? Ooh. Tender moments. My week was not great, Emily. Why? Because I just wasn't feeling like myself. Oh, I get you. I was tired. I was sluggish. I was not sleeping well. I just felt overwhelmed, even though I wasn't super busy. Do you understand what that is? I was just sick of myself to the point where I woke up today and I did not want to do the podcast. Well, you know, Jeff, we could have pushed it to tomorrow. I did not want to do it. (laughs) Okay. Okay? I I get you. Sometimes I'm not feeling in the mood either. I didn't want to hear my voice. I didn't want to listen to my voice. I want to think about what words would come out of my voice. You didn't want to hear my voice either. No, that was above not hearing my voice. I wanted to only do the podcast if I can do it out of a warm tub. That's where I was at this morning. slightly dangerous, but... Drank some coffee. Okay. I went and played tennis with seniors. And I turned the corner immediately after my first magnificent serve, Emily. Excellent. That's mountains. Insurmountable. More We've surmounted the hell out of mountains. them. Without a Sherpa, without the aid of oxygen, I surmounted the hell out of my week of a mountain. I thought you were going to say without my shirt on. I bet there's somebody who still has not climbed Mount Everest without a shirt on. That's probably the only record yeah. standing right now. Probably. Because you've done it without oxygen. There's been a, a visually impaired person. There, you've done it without Sherpas. You've done it without... with a baby. baby no, I on think the maybe back. a guy did it. I got to look it up. So... My week wasn't great. I don't know. Was I crabby? Not really. I was just over, you know, it's just the freaking weight of the winter is hard this year. Especially the last couple weeks. I'm over it. And I'm over it. But that's so freaking cliche to talk about. And I'm sick of it. Because this is not who we are. No, it's not. Midwestern Chicagoans, hard, salty people. Don't want to do it anymore. Rock salt. I want to go to palm trees. I've been dying for some warm weather, too. I I just love palm trees. I know. God. Jeff, what was the best thing that you made? What was the The best? Hey, Jeff and Emily, I have one question for you. What was the best? The best thing I made, not me, Sarah did it. Of course. Of course. But it was the best thing I ate was her uh, crispy marinated tofu with miso maple dressing. I saw a picture. Oh, Dude, it's the second time we've done it. It is so good. And and you think you're eating something super deep fried and indulgent, and it is not. It's lightly coated in a little bit of oil. Per usual, Sarah does a quarter of the oil required in the recipe, and Mm -hmm. you don't miss it. Dusts it in a quarter of the cornstarch. You bake it out of sheet pan. You make this easy white miso and maple, and I forget all she puts in it, and she makes some rice, and we had a broccolini. Okay. It's so crispy, and you marinate it first, uh, and some soy and miso as well. The, it's a Bon Appetit recipe. We'll put it up in the notes. I think I want to try to make that one. That sounds right I'm up my alley. I'm curious to see how many points it has I'll, as well. I'll do the point. It's pointage. so light to the point where I eat it, and I'm like not even hungry an hour later. I'm hungry 
seven minutes later. Oh. And I want desserts. That, well, you know, usually Asian foods, isn't that the yeah, adage? Yeah, that is. You know, it's kind of true. It's mostly because of the rice, right? Rice, kind of rice passes through you a little quickly. doesn't fill you up as much. You got to eat a lot of rice. Yeah. Emily, what's the best thing you made or ate this week? Really, I didn't make much. I made this mediocre soup. That was the chicken. We need to be discussed it last week. The chicken pot pie soup, was, which I didn't even talk about. I I punched it up a lot when I made it. Okay, with, uh, well, maybe yeah, that's with, uh, why. A stock in uh, better than bouillon, and I seasoned it, and I put a little soy in there. Like I well, did. I threw in some Miracle Blend, of course. <laughs> you need a better than bouillon. That's the best. I I did have so it, little- but I didn't go that route. I should have. I should have this time. But like I said earlier, I substituted the potatoes with celery root, which was inspired by your shepherd's pie because it's like, wow, this is amazing. I don't even miss the potatoes. I don't think this was the best choice. Will I still eat said soup? Yes. Will it be lower in points and fat? Yes. But like, will it be delicious? It's okay. It's okay. I would think that there's probably an overwhelming celery flavor. It is. It's Because there's already celery in that soup, right? No, it's not. Oh, okay. No, there isn't. No, but you can taste like Mike, is pretty Mike had one little spoonful and he was like, like, like you chefs, like on cooking shows, they do that quick little judging. taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he judged me. Again. Did he, he didn't have a bowl of it, though. No. Well, brought, he brought something far more delicious home from work, and I was Did just you have like, a bite? No, I didn't, because it was uh, chicken thighs. Ooh, and you I don't, don't like do, chicken thighs. Mommy do no dark I meat. I love a chicken Yeah, page. but Jeff, I'm also, we're getting into natural wines. I saw that. Maybe, like, I'm maybe I'm late to the game, but we've been watching a lot of Action Bronson's F That's Delicious, which we'll get into in what we're watching. And he loves the natural wines. And he is not a big drinker. And so we've been watching this episode after episode because they're quick, you know, 30-minute bangers. And we bought a shit ton of natural wine, and it is delicious. Okay. It's more like reds or whites or both. Both, huh? Both. And they do different rosés. I don't know all the terminology, but I do know there's no sulfites or no added sulfites. Sometimes it does have a more earthy taste. I think drinking dad's basement wine really prepared me for this yeah, uh, part of my life. Yes, you worked that muscle out oh, a long yeah, time ago. Oh, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, this is just like home. <laughs> um, but yeah, really digging the natural wines. So yeah, I'm going to do some more exploration. Congratulations. That. You're welcome. Natural wines, everybody. I'm going to try some. I love it. So Jeff, <laughs> what are you watching? What are you watching? This week, I am watching Firefly, Firefly Lane. Oh yeah, with Catherine Heigl and Sarah Chalky. I watched it all too. Did okay. you watch it all? We're not done yet. Okay. Now I maybe am not the key demographic for that. Yes, I not. think it's wonderful. Uh, it's it's very I, watchable. Very watchable. Now this is about uh, a TV host, right? Which like, is an maybe Oprah-ish, why I like, like an Oprah-ish, Ellen, and her best friend who are best friends. And you know what? It's a dynamic you don't see in a lot of uh, Hollywood films or shows, right? I mean, it, there's not a lot of cliche old tropes they follow. I mean, they're pretty unique in that world. And I, I like her. I like the TV aspect, the hustle mm-hmm. aspect. And Katherine Heigl's, I think, is great. And Sarah Chalky's really very likable as well. I like it. I can't wait to see how it ends. We're about halfway through the last episode. Oh, a wow. lot of twists and turns on Netflix. Firefly Lane. Count me a fan. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
I well, I watched this by myself because you know I, yeah. I wasn't gonna make Mike watch that. But I agree, really enjoyable. Jeff, do you relate? Do you have any best friend that's that oh, sort of rides no. on your coattails? No. Do you think I do? No. God no. Jimmy, little Jimmy, little Jimmy, little, little Jimmy down the block. Before who's he always... died in a motorcycle accident, no. donated his <laughs> shin to dad. I mean his ankle. <laughs> but, no, I don't. I have zero. I don't have anything to relate to. No. Okay. Just seeing. I, I just, just like the, the coming on up of a, of a TV person who always knew they kind of wanted to do it. I like that. But you know, it's, I find their relationship to be slightly unhealthy and way too codependent. For sure. Oh, a hundred percent. I also watched the Britney Spears deal Go that everybody's talking about oh, on the things on the streaming services. Free with the New Britney. York Times. Free Britney. Right. Tragic. Dude. We've come a long way. If you don't think so, watch this show. From a media tabloid standpoint, it's terrible. Uh, sensationalism, all that stuff has, thank God for Instagram and social media, put the c- control mm-hmm. into the celebrities' hands. I mean, unbelievable what this girl went through. She how really she was did. molded and shaped and ruined uh, and the abuse she suffered at the hands of the media. The media who loved her and worshiped her mm-hmm. then turned around, uh, Totally, it's and on the conservative ship. Yeah, that's all. That's all uh, crap. But it's current news, right? It We're is. seeing it evolve in front of us after watching it. What is more gratifying than that? And showing the power of television, Indeed. the power of TV, changing the system instantly, almost when something airs. You know there's going to be some answers. Oh, totally. Always, whether it's about like the mystery of the gold island. I know it. Everyone's Googling. Yep. Almost every time after I finish watching a show, I, I Google it. It's a great I, time to be alive and love damn TV, Emily. right it is. All right, what are you watching? Well, I was talking Keep it down about, to two things. I, you gotcha, I will. But I, I was talking about Fuck That's Delicious. Yes. Sorry, I said I, the I, F I, words. I, 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 yep, I've seen it, and yep. I started watching even more of them, Emily. Yes, Action Bronson, who is a rapper. Swiftly, I rolled a beam of A60. Heavy smoker, so you know I brought the Blake with me. Oh, good. See, I don't know any of his music. Yeah. I just like the show. But he goes around with like the people he goes on tour with. So wherever they go on tour, they go and explore the city's food there. Mm-hmm. And... He is a poet the way he describes what he eats and he's funny as hell. His friends are funny and endearing as hell. It's just not your typical take on a travel food show. And um, I really, really enjoy it. And I suggest everybody listen to it. It's on Vice, uh, Hulu right now. Yeah, so do it. And um, Summer House on Bravo, guys. It's I like candy. I watched it last night. I watched some oh, of it last night. It is ridiculous. These people are drunk all the time and making terrible choices. I cannot get enough, and I want more <laughs> all the time. Well, luckily, it's the beginning of the season, Emily. You I know. At least, what, tw- 11 more episodes, I, maybe? I'm here for it all, for all of it, Jeffrey. And what is Fantastic Fungi? Fungi. Okay, so there's this documentary about the power of mushrooms, not just about, like, you know, what we know is shrooms, a.k.a. psilocybin. Psilocybin. Magic mushrooms. It's not just about that. It's about just the science of mushrooms in general, the mushrooms we eat on the daily. And it is fascinating. Where's this one? Where's This is embedded you have in to buy some it. streaming service. Oh, you got it on like You have Amazon's? to buy it. Mike bought it for $15. Oh, was- big spender. Shout out to my friends. <laughs> Shout out to the kids on that rock and roll farm. Listen, man. Love that. Shout out to Michael spending the money. I don't do that. I never pony up. I wait till that stuff's rentable, and then I (laughs) pony up the four ninety nine. But hey, man, 
that's probably more than shrooms cost. So, probably. Well, but obviously, he, he, you know, he was seeking out some scientific information regarding the magical mushroom. That's not even not even the... the sure, the, the psilocybin, the which yes. is the psychedelic where you trip this and all that stuff. This is about wonderful... Button mushrooms, There's right? Like Shiitakes. All of them. There's like colonies. Porcines. Mushrooms have been on this earth more than people. And there's just like all the, the nerve centers all underground and they speak to each other. And like we, in, we inhale it. And it, it's just, it's like aliens. But we eat them. It's, I, I can't even expound but, on but the What do you science. mean by aliens? I want to hear about that. It's like they're intelligent vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> how they work to a oh, white rabbit yeah. perfect and so tell I, us more about the okay. show <laughs> the science of this is going to be completely wrong because i am not the smartest with this stuff but there's like a nerve center underground where the mushroom speaks to like the trees and all yeah, this stuff man. and they grow yeah, they and do, stop man. okay they whatever. talk to them they're like hey man well are you an oak or a maple <laughs> no stop it and one shroom makes you okay. Okay, so let's ever, let's all check that out before yeah. you just keep talking. Not talking. Nonsense. It's probably wrong. So much fun. So I'm much check fun. Check that one out. Buy it today. Buy it or rent it. He chose to buy, not rent, in case we fell asleep. I hate that too. I that know. We, that we have been there a hundred times. And the pressure to watch within forty-eight hours. And then you got to spend rebuy it or wait again. You know, it just doesn't work out. You might as well just buy it. Support the movies too. I mean, if ever made anything, it's really expensive to make oh, movie pictures. Oh, terribly expensive. Terribly yes. expensive. Mm-hmm. Emily. Yeah. I think it's that time. It's been a while. You got a question? I got an Okay. Um. More so, listener emails. Not so much questions. Listener email is not a sexy song title. No, but hey, well, maybe you should write it. I I wasn't prolific this week. It's okay. I'm not mad. Don't rub it in. I'm not mad. Okay. This one is from Amanda. She says, I enjoy your podcast each week. Emily, you mentioned the show on Nat Geo Trafficked. I'm hooked. I hope they do another season. How does she get all that intel without getting killed? She has mad skills and really knows how to gain trust to get that story. I'm going to watch a Bee Gees documentary that sounds like something I would like. All right. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah. Look at turning you on. You're turning people we on. We are. To shows. It's happening. So everybody listen to what we're watching. I mean, listen to what I'm watching and then cautiously Here. listen to what Emily's or, watching. Or it's, you she's can 50, watch. 50. Hey, you know what? Those are both. Not everybody has $15 for mushroom docs. Hey, but also she continues just because I like this part. Uh, thanks for your podcast. Love the repeat segments with theme songs. Jeff. Oh. I listened to another Midwest podcast and the lack of music and sound effects made me fall asleep. Oh, not I, this I, <laughs> okay, so that shows we are impacting what people watch and now we are desensitizing people for people who don't have sound effects. She sound also effects says keep up the good work and say hi to Pam and Gus. Oh yeah, look I missed that. that. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Changing lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, another one. Jeff, are you going to turn off the freaking sexy music? Okay. It's sexy. It's gross. Okay. I don't know. That's mom and dad hot tub music. Oh, I know. From Kelly. Love of the show. Quick question. Will you be doing a book tour when the cookbook comes out? I'm sure COVID will play into that somewhat. Anyway, hope so. Kelly, I, I don't know yet. You know, it's touch and go right now. We don't know. I'm hoping there's something or a limited schedule 
that we can adhere to where I can go physically places, but if not, there'll be a lot of virtual stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I actually did sign a thousand tipping sheets this Ooh, week. What's a tipping sheet? Uh, it's like they adhere it to the book for the signed page. Instead of mm. sending me a thousand books, they send me a thousand of the sheets while it's being printed, and then I got to send it back to them in time for it to be that literally is very the page smart. In, in, inserted. That is very smart on the publishers. Yeah, behalf. I mean that's like, but back in the day, I guess they would oh just lord, just give you a thousand, thousand books. God damn you it, go somewhere like a factory and sign them. But it's it takes some time. I, it I took get about it. three hours total. So were, were you watching Firefly while you were signing? Of course, I was connecting with my emotions and whether or not I've made good choices as a friend. Ooh. Thanks for listening. All right. This one's from Wendy. My son hates to see the injects. This is in reference to Jeff talking about how he can't stand people getting injected. In any capacity. In any capacity. Real life or on video. Exactly. I make him watch it. Disgusting. It's hilarious. Sadists. BTW. He is 24 years old. Watching the injects, you can see who will bruise. Some nurses are really good at giving the shots. Others, not so good. Real strange email there. Funny, because we had this moment this morning, Sarah and I, who's a nurse, a licensed nurse, you know, mm-hmm. and she was always very good at, you know, tapping veins and giving injections and pick lines. She was like the super nurse when she was doing it, right? So she was very precise. Uh-huh. And she always prided herself on finding veins and not bruising people. There was one today on WGM this morning what? where it was like, you, I could see it like they pressed it on the, the first layer of epidermis and then it plunged in. Oh, Lord. It was like a wind up and it wasn't just like oh. a quick jab. You know, like when you're breaking this, like a balloon, I saw the skin depress and oh, then it plunged mama. in. So guess what? What? Kelly and your beautiful son, <laughs> or is this Wendy? Guess Wendy, what? Wendy, Wendy and your Wendy. beautiful 24 year old son. <laughs> yeah. He's right. You're right. You can tell who's going to bruise because the footage, the B-roll they're running on these news programs, they're not good injections. And I know that. I curse you all. Wow. Whoever's in the B-roll booth, cut the shit. Tough biz, man. The B-roll biz. Not the, they're not the A-team. No, they're not. Okay. This one's- They're always like eating a sandwich while (laughs) have a shoulder-mounted camera recording videos. That's what I picture. Or like in the truck. In the truck, like eating eating a sandwich Linear editing, reel to reel. Oh, God. This one's from- from Catherine. Oh, Catherine. Jeff, not sure if this newly announced cookbook. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. You want me to not yes, talk about, talk about okay. it? Okay. People need to know. Okay. Jeff, not sure if this newly announced cookbook has come across your radar, but, um, and then she sent a picture of Elizabeth High School's, High School's. cookbook, also titled Come On Over. And she continues, but like, how did this happen? Okay. You cannot trademark a title. Okay. Oh. So that's the first thing. You can call it, anybody can call anything, come on over. I was first because I'm being published first and my book's coming out first. And I know Elizabeth, she's been a guest on our show before the kitchen. She's a wonderful person. This was not anybody's intention. I'm sure of it. I have not talked to her about it. I'm sure she's aware of my title. But what's she going to do once a book's in production? Yeah. You know, you sign off on it, things happen. It's hard to. I think, uh, retitle that. You know, it's not ideal. They're two totally different authors. You know, you can obviously own both. You know, I I like have put Come On Over as a brand and an ethos out there for the last couple years and with the podcast and the book and everything. I, I got the URL. I got the things. But yeah, Jeff, it's Emily, fine. I can't. I, what are you going to do? I don't know. You tell me. 
I don't know. I, I'll be going. damned if we have to rename this podcast. No, Think about all happen. the songs. Jeez. My God, I can't even imagine starting from square one with that. Ugh. That sounds like a big job for you. Okay, one more and then we're done. Yes. Bre- oh, sorry about that. Sounds like a... Th- because I was having Italian sparkling mineral water from Kirkland for mom and dad's nicotine lozenge. I'm doing great. Um, Brie from Peoria, our old stomping grounds where we went to college, just wanted to reach out and say, I love your podcast. I've always loved watching The Kitchen and Jeff, but hearing him uncensored is great and refreshing. You two are hilarious and your taste in music is even better. Being a bit of a music snob, when I heard Jeff say that he loved Dr. Dog, I was blown away. Not a band that most have heard of, but one of my faves. So I'm impressed. You guys seem like so much fun. Love listening to you, and thanks for the laughs. Well, Dr. Dog, I was just talking to Eric Slick, the drummer. Ooh. Who was watching Kitchen Crash, and color him a fan. Oh, yay. (laughs) He loves it. Uh, The drummer of Dr. Dog, we became friends via social media, and is obviously through his mother, because his mom's a fan of the show. Not him, not so much. Being a rock and roll drummer, that's not my key demo. (laughs) Uh, But I sent him the link to come on over. Oh. So I'm curious to see if he's listening. If you are, hello, Eric Slick. Hi, Eric Slick. Check out Dr. Dog or his uh, new solo album called Wiseacre. Fabulous. All right, Emily, we do have a theme today, and that is working for a living. Yes, jobs, we are. And we're going to get to that right now. Damn right. I think we should start it off by talking about your very first job. Ooh. So my first job was sorting papers at the White Hen, which was a Chicago-based uh, convenience store that was right down the street. For sorting this guy. Pa- sorting papers, they called it, Em. You'd go huh. there on early Sunday morning. Frank would do it. Newspapers. It, newspapers. Okay, all right. I'm just imagining a stack of just white computer well, paper. They used to be all like, you know, Michigan rules. So you'd oh. have to put the tempo by the sports, no by shit. the thing, and then sort of, and then have the individual paper that you put in a separate pile. And this lasted maybe a couple Sundays. I'm pretty sure Frank lasted longer than I did because he was three years older. But I am also most sure that I think that guy ended up uh, allegedly going down on some molestation thing. So we made it out unscathed considering we were young boys. But I'm pretty sure we were too chubby. Well, thank God for that. Yeah, so we made it out. We made it out. So that's my first, you know, work job where someone gave me a couple bucks to do something. Mm -hmm. My first official job on paper was working for butchers at the River Forest Market, which was down the street as well. And I was 15. I had to get a work permit. They paid me $3.62 an hour, and I worked for two mustachioed butchers sweeping bloody sawdust off the ground and scrubbing fat off cold pans in the back. And then occasionally I go to the front of the market and like face the groceries and restock. It was not great. My first paycheck was like $32 and I loved it, but I loved working around the meat and food. And I think that's what kind of planted the food seed. And then I moved to Traveling Fair, which was one block away. I remember that. They were offering $5 an hour and I got to make sandwiches there and slice meat and do catering jobs and make salads and dressings and all that stuff that I learned from the chef there. And Joe Rosa, who was the owner, not an ideal person to work. He was gruff, chain smoking. Smoking inside, I'm guessing. Oh, course, this is back right? in the day. Eating and everything. But he liked me. I was Italian. He was Italian. There yeah. weren't a lot of Italian kids in the neighborhood. So it taught me to deal with bad bosses from that moment on. I was like, gotcha. I can always Important. charm him somehow and then either move up or be the go-to guy and get more work. And that's what he did. Hey. So, and then during the summers, I'd work at Taste of Chicago, slanging beefs for Tuscany, beef sandwiches. 
sausage sandwiches and toasted, toasted ravioli. raviolis. I remember their toasted raviolis. And that was the best. And Sarah actually worked at the same time, unbeknownst oh, to either of us, for, hey. for Eli's Cheesecake, which was like kitty corner booth to Tuscany. Caddy Wampus, as some Caddy people wa- say. Is that really a saying? That is a saying. Some people say Caddy Corner, they say, not Caddy Wampus. Is Caddy Wampus a thing? Caddy Wampus is a thing. That's horrible. I know. So those were my first jobs. I know it's more. What was your first job? My first job, well, you and I both worked at our dad's real estate company, New West Realty, um, for many years, and we'll get into that. But like my first job that wasn't associated with that was I was a shampoo girl, aka a hair cleansing technician. Jeff, I was awesome at it. I bet you were. I you was, got in there. You got to the roots. Oh, yeah. People would like, every time I would touch their head, oh, boy. they'd be like, oh, I could fall asleep. And then they'd give me $2. It felt great. Did you, did you get enjoyment out of it? It didn't skeeve you out at all? Not for- Shampooing, like 90, physically touching, lathering up people's hair. Honestly, I, I it didn't skeeve me out. There were a couple of people who would come in, like- there was bumpy head guy and me and the other shampoo girls would be like, you get bumpy head guy. No, you oh, get bumpy head. Maybe those growths. Yeah. Like yeah. all like tiny little bumps. So that shit, it's like, if you have a pleasant head, then it's a fine experience. Probably majority of the people have pleasant, well-shaped heads without bumps. Indeed. And it, or it's like, sometimes you get the people who are like the tiny head people who are very delicate, who's like, oh, like it's too hot. It's yeah. too cold. And unless you have ever held someone's tiny head in your hands. Oh, I, my son, yeah, it when would, he was born. It angered me because I was like, you're weak. Get your damn head. Like, stop it. I'm not kidding. This is what was going. I was like, very why frail. do you have, I know. I It was something dark inside me that came out. But learned a lot about customer service and just being, you know, a pleasant person. The person who uh, owned the salon also an Italian-American gentleman who took quite a liking to me. Not in a weird way, but just like he would always play Frank Sinatra. And here I was, a 16-year-old girl who could sing along with it. So he got a kick out of me. And because he liked me so much, the other shampoo girls bullied me. It was like the most prevalent instance of me being bullied by other females. And these females were like 18, 19 years old, graduated high school, shampoo girl at a salon just like me. And they said some real nasty things like to what? me. Like what? I don't even know if I can. Just go for it. Okay. One of them was like, look at her with those big boat shoes. Where'd you get those? Old Navy B2W. What are boat shoes? I don't know. Because it's like they're all so fashionable and they were all from Melrose Park and they Why all did- wore the tight <laughs> stuff. And here I was, an innocent 16-year-old girl, like not experienced in a lot of things. Wearing I, boat shoes. And I'm wearing, you know, a, like, a freaking like, uh, skirt, a skirt that's below my knee. I'm wearing these like big topsiders. Isn't no, that what they're they were like these siders? these big bulky Mary Janes that oh. I did get. And like, were they from Wagner's? No, they were from Old Navy. Oh man, <laughs> like the ones that are on the shelf that they, yeah. you know, you can get in yeah. the, the your thing. boat shoes. What and, else did they say? Because that doesn't <sighs> sound too bad. They're like, oh, look at her with their big dick sucking lips. <laughs> Here, it's like I definitely hadn't done that yet. So I'm just like, they would oh make me God. cry. Like I would imagine so. It's horrible. I go hear. in the bathroom and cry, and I quit because of them. And uh, one of the broads freaking reached out to me, tried to be Facebook friends. And How I, long ago? Not too long ago. I declined. I should have said something, but I'm like, you know what? You're like, sorry. And I'm no. t- sorry, I can't be friends with you, and I'm typing this with my big 
make TikTok lips. <laughs> I know. Can, isn't that terrible? That is bad. Isn't that really bad? So Nobody yeah. Nobody deserves that. So shampoo girl. That's shampoo not, girl. It's not a common first job, I don't think. No. Look at you. Really great at it. Great at banging out heads. There you go. She'd use her fingers. She'd use her hands, her elbows, her lips. No matter what, she'd get that <laughs> scalp sparkling clean. And uh, then we all, maybe not Dana. No, We all no took Dana. turns. At one time or another, working at my dad's office, New West Realty, on Taylor Street in famed Little Italy, Chicago. His side of the family's all from. My aunt still live there. It was, I think, probably the most memorable. Oh, totally. Young person's jobs that any of us had. And we learned a lot. It really got us prepared for the working world, kind of. Jeff, what positions did you have there? Let's check them off to see if we had the same ones. Well, I guarantee you didn't have this one. What? Senior year, I started working there. After school, I'd leave. I went to school only half a day my senior year, oh, my nice. second semester. And I started Score. going there and doing like the IT troubleshooting. Like getting stuff to print, getting the network. And that, that was like run off like a, a wired network. Oh, yeah. Pre-Wi-Fi, all that. So I taught myself it. And I did a no decent shit. job about that, you kind of learning as I went. And then I was a leasing agent during summers. Me too. And then eventually uh, working in property management yeah. uh, with Margaret Vizzini, who was great. And I that's a thankless job if you've never had Oh, God. Very, so many calls. Now, what did you, what were your titles at New West? Receptionist, of course. And I even had a headset. Ooh. I know. Um, property manager's assistant, accounting assistant, HR assistant, leasing agent, and construction assistant. And I was a marketing assistant over the span of over 10 years because I would work there in between jobs. So thank you, New West. It was always the most fun place to work as oh, yeah. far as because it wasn't a big office. I mean, it was like a handful of people, no. but it was more family based. Not that family worked there beyond us, but everybody that worked uh, with or for my dad we're there for a long time, most of the oh, core yeah. people. And we were never looked at as the boss's kids because we pulled our weight, man. Totally. If we made a mistake, we heard it from oh, yeah, the big my guy. dad and his, and his partner. They did not pull punches on us. Nope. He'd be like, come in. And he'd be like, on the f he'd do the whole thing. He'd be like, can you give me a <laughs> sandwich from next door? It's next door to Conte di Savoia, which oh, is yeah. a great Italian Excellent. deli. Probably 50% of the reason I always work there. <laughs> no, right? I go get a fresh mozzarella, sun-dried tomato sub That one's door. the best. Oh. But he'd send me over, like, you know, and I'd feel so, I'd be like, I, I know. You, dad, <laughs> I know. But you're also the boss and I have to get you a freaking sandwich. Yeah, I learned pretty quickly that working directly for dad was not a great idea because oh. he would ask me to do something. And I'd be like, really? Like something I would never do with a real boss. But, you know, not that he wasn't a real boss, but we did have a lot of fun. So many characters. Oh, yeah. Where every day was a sitcom. Very much indeed so. We also had a great softball team. Oh, the softball teams were great. So we thank you, New West. Because Frank worked for them forever, being a leasing yeah. agent as well as a real estate agent as well as the property manager I for know. many years. So listen, New West is no longer there. Unfortunately, 2008, it was the big crash. I know, I know. Crushed them. A testament to the hard work that was passed down to us. He brought himself back, second career, and built that crap up. That is true. And built up his other business of having an architectural engineering, engineering inspection, inspection consultant. consultant. Firm. I work for them Oppenin. too a little bit. I worked for Oppenin too, but it's always one in one, but it's always like the little guy I know, right? in the corner. But he built that up after the crash, lost it all, came back, crushed it. Crushed Big it. Gus. He's Big still crushing. Gus. He's still doing a lot of emails over there. Oh, so many A lot many of talking emails. into the phone. You know, but he's a, uh, God bless him. They're still working. Hey, yeah, Seven both years of them. old. They're still working. My mom's still working. Working for a living. living. Oh. All right. All right. Jeff, what would you say 
was your worst job ever? Now, this is a double-edged sword for me because it's probably the most important job I've ever had. Yeah. But it was also the worst as far as how I was treated. When I was a cast member of Tony and Tina's Wedding oh. from 2000 to 2004 here in Chicago, I started out as black staff, as they call us, because we wear black waiter jackets, and we were servers. Yeah, you guys are bussing and serving, bussing I remember. Bussing and serving food, but we get to make up a character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they didn't have to pay us but like $6 an hour, right? Oh, because God. we were actors, hungry for the job, not waiters. Um, most waiters make way more than that oh, yeah. um, with tips. We couldn't take tips. So I started with that and I eventually became um, a groomsman, then the best man, and then the MC. And then the last couple of years, I was Tony. I worked my way up. I lost a bunch of weight. But for me, it was so grueling because while it was gratifying to know I was a professional performer and I performed for up to three, 350 people six to seven times a week, I still had to work. Yeah. So I would. My one of my favorite jobs of all time, which was running the deli with our cousin Dave called Primetime Deli in Westmont, Illinois, Ooh. for those four years. So I'd make sandwiches, cook, serve, do all that stuff during the day and then at night, put on the tux. So I would do both. You know, I didn't have days off ever. I worked every night and weekend for very little money and to be mistreated. I've never really talked bad about the the people who who ran Tony and Tina's wedding. Because I just thought they had to do it, and that's how they ran it. They ran it not like a theater company. There were two brothers. They didn't run it like a show, like art. They ran it like a football squad, like a team. Okay. Every rehearsal was physical, and to the point where if I messed up a line, I would have to do laps. Shut up, really? I had chairs thrown at me. <gasps> I, we had. Yeah, you've never told me about this. Yeah. Oh, all the time. He'd make me run up and down the chapel where we get married. And for those of you who don't know what Tony and Tina's wedding is, it's an interactive, improv-based, Italian-American wedding where you start out in a bar, and then we kind of come in and say hello. Then you actually go to the chapel, which it's is like next you're door. It's like you're a guest at the wedding, exactly. and you get to experience the wedding, but there's it's live theater. And there's a bar, and there's blocking, but there's and there's lines, but not really. Most of it is just all table work. But it was grueling to the point where I was, you know, four years in, I had to get out for my mental God. Uh, sanity, since it was just so taxing, and to work you know, two full-time jobs, essentially. It was a great memory. I got to work with Frankie Avalon every year Ooh, for a okay. week. I have so many stories, but I still have nightmares about it. Oh, really? Like, legitimately. What I did gain from it, you know, I think an undeniable ability to, to improvise, to work a room, because that's what I had to do every mm -hmm. night. And it groomed me for this career, especially when I get to do public appearances and stuff like that. And I can kind of go into that mode as Sarah says, like when she sees me, she knows I'm in, in the zone yeah. and I'm not to be, I'm not going to have a normal conversation, but yeah. I will have special conversations with a hundred people in a row. You know what I mean? And that's what that taught me to that's do. That's a so. gift. It is a gift. So that maybe it's the best or worst job I ever had. Oh. Um, but yeah, man, I have stories about just crazy stuff. I mean, you couldn't get away with this day and age, you oh, know, no. 15 years later. The best story I do have from Tony and Tina's wedding, we had a whole reception hall, the live bands playing, oh, the guys dancing, drops dead. Well, Doesn't even have a heart attack. Drops dead. About 38 years old. Resuscitating him. Paramedics come in. The problem with this happening during an interactive Italian-American wedding. Did people think it was part of the show? Everybody thought it was oh part my of the God. show. Except the groomsmen in the bridesmaids who are crying and everybody trying to rescue this guy. Because sometimes people would come to the show uh -huh. and like 
get a little too involved. Like, yeah. I'm a character too. Oh. Hey, you want to buy oh. some Italian guns? You oh. know what I mean? You're like, oh, God. Let me, let, hey, <laughs> oh, let, God, let, no. I got, I, let let oh, me do the Jesus. acting here, guy. But then you had people who thought the show was not even a show, but a real wedding. That's happened many times. But this is the first time someone we thought like committed this much to maybe oh, no. their character, but there was not a commitment to be had because this person was literally carried out in a body bag. Oh my, did you guys continue with the show? Like, did What's the number one adage, Emily, in all of showbiz? The show must go on. That was the best. And there was this chain smoking actor named Marty Shannon who played the priest for 20 years of that show, was the longest running member. I was there for his last show. By the end, it was barely like hanging on, but yeah. he died a couple years ago from lung cancer. Go figure. Oh, he was the only guy that would like scuba dive and have like a cigarette before going down and scuba oh. diving. You know, we're all sitting there, bad girls. Everybody's crying, right? Everybody's like, we can't go on. He's like, you know, the director's like, the show must go on. The show must go on. Let's do it. People are out there waiting. Maybe 20% of the audience remained. Everybody else went home because they were freaked out when they learned it was real. And he was sitting there smoking backstage. He's like, well, I guess we knocked them dead. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you, Em? What's your worst job of all time? Worked a lot of weird jobs, Jeff. But you know what? My worst one was I worked at an experiential marketing company. So, like, you know when you go to, like, festivals and people are, like, handing out swag. Like, activations. The, yes. Who, like, develop those activations and stuff like that. And I assisted the chief marketing officer. And um, this was my closest to being, it, like, real-life devil where is Prada. Like, yeah, situation. Remember, you remember. Every job Emily's had, we, we hear about <laughs> incessantly. Around the dinner table, it's it's a joke within the Morrow family. Oh, and we, Emily's the only sibling of any of us where we know the names of all her bosses <laughs> throughout her entire life because we're hearing about it. Well, you know, this was hopefully a- you don't talk about me, me being technically no. your boss for this podcast. Mike's no. like, I don't want to hear about Jeff anymore. No, stop. No, but I remember you worked for this person. It was challenging. Because she was pretty cruel to me. Did she ever like throw you her coat and purse like she did to poor young Anne Hathaway? No, but she would say things if I came in wearing like you know, an outfit that I thought looked cute. Look it was at those like, boat shoes. No, I know, right. Apparently, I don't know how to dress at work. You know, I were, it's a very hip place, young people, and everyone is pretty stylish. And I tried my best. This was some years back, and I didn't quite hit the mark. And she'd be like, that's kind of a risk, but, you know, I guess it's okay. She actually gave me a skirt because she was like, oh, you can wear this now, now that you lost a little weight. She goes, I'll let you borrow it for a little bit, and then you can give it back to me. You know what? I still have that freaking BCBG leather skirt. Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah, I I, do. When was the last time you wore it? Oh, God, like seven years ago. I don't care. Should we burn it? No, like, it's still expensive. smell too? It smells like beef because it's leather being burned i don't know i wore you can't it get a, another thing you can't get away with that not today i hope not no i hope, I we... hope not because you know i hope this woman doesn't do this to any other poor assistants because i took it like a champ for an example of what she did i got a scathing email from her one time for having typos in an email probably five paragraphs long and i'm freaking out because i'm looking at my email that i just wrote it was perfect grammar not one period out of place. And then moments later, I get a correction email from her. Oh, oops, sorry. I, I looked at the wrong email. That was for something else. Oh, right. No, no. She was reading another assistant's email on the thread and responded like, whoopsie, after like spending probably 30 minutes out of her day telling me how I was a shit employee. I was like, oh, so quick to do that. I mean, that's the issue, though. Do you deal with that? 
and stick it out and build that, you know, stamina. I did right? it for two and years. Resilience. Two and a half years. I, you st- do I stayed with it. You and- can't just leave. Do, 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 are too many people leaving jobs now because they're poorly treated? Or is it nobody deserves to be treated like that? No. Get the hell out of there and find something. Hustle at something else. Put the energy towards something good. Yeah. And what people should know, bosses, people who have assistants out there, is that when you create an environment of like fear, that person's going to screw up more and more because they're working under fear. And so I would be making stupid mistakes and then I would get yelled at because I was so insecure and not supported. And this went on for a while. And when I left there, I was the happiest I've ever been. And ironically, she was like a huge star effer. Like she'd be like, oh, we're friends with Vince Vaughn. Oh, we're friends with like these D-list celebrities that no one gives a shit about. And then a few years later, I'm working with famous ass people whose numbers I have in my phone and who love me. But I will thank her because you know what? After that, I could handle any sort of bullshittery in a job because after that, the actual important people that I assisted treated me very kindly. There was, you go. So you don't need to treat people that way. No, you don't. But you do need it. I think there's some there's there's value in that. Being a young person, mm-hmm. experiencing the you know the spectrum of bosses out there, from good ones to horrible ones to ones that overwork you, and push yourself to see if you can do it. Any young kid listening out there, maybe. Applying for summer jobs. Stick it out. Yeah. Nothing's great. It's work. It's called work for a reason. Yeah. Okay. Your worst job, my worst job. Emily, what's your best job of all time? Dip, 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 dip. (laughs) Best job. So after I... Okay. So much fun. I know, right? We could do that so many times. Um, My first job when I started working in TV, or actually my second job, when I moved to Mexico and worked on a Western called Texas Rising. I've talked about it before. No one's seen it. But it's it had like freaking 15 very famous people in it. And essentially, I went from little jobs here and there to like being catapulted into my dream job where I'm like at summer camp with famous people learning the ins and outs of how to run a television show because I assisted the co-executive producer. It was a complete and total adventure living in another country. And it was just a ton of fun because people just like, there was parties every freaking weekend. Brendan Fraser lives across the hall for me. I'm taking Bill Paxton grocery shopping. True story. Margine. I know, Margine. Oh, jeez, Margine. I took him grocery shopping and he was like, he was thoughtfully looking at like a can of Pringles being like, because his son was there and he was like, should I buy these for the boy? And I'm like, I don't know. Does does he like Pringles? He's like, it does. Like, yeah, buy those Pringles. But yeah. Try to see my way. <laughs> and another win for Emily. No. <laughs> Until he had an anaphylactic response to the Pringles. He's... No, I know. He's no longer with us. I'm so know. glad I got to. I didn't to... mean hit him at the sun. Oh, no. No, I'm actually friends Rest... with the sun still. Rust in peace, Bill yeah. Paxton. You're one of the greats. He very was... underrated, too. Indeed. Always lights up the screen, Emily. I know. And he lit up the set. It was something very special. If anybody wants to look up Texas Rising, it's so long. Well, it's a miniseries. It is a miniseries. Each episode is two hours long. It is way too long. Right? You were there for every hour. I was I'm... there for everything. A lot of weird things went down there. This was also pre the Me Too movement. So, uh oh, were you Me Too? One of the crew members higher up tried to tickle my middles. Oh, you mean you're like your your my your, tummy, your midsection, my midsection. Try to tickle your tummy in a yeah. sexual manner. Like, it doesn't oh, matter. That's very uncomfortable. I'd rather almost be like 
goosed than yeah. have my tummy tickled like Sarah exactly. will touch my tummy. Me too. I do not want anyone touching my tummy. So, oh. and this was like the head of a department oh. and I slapped, I slapped his hand away. Like I, I did not give a shit. I was like, don't freaking touch me. And he goes, oh, it's Mexico. I, I can do this here. Yes. He thought that just being in Mexico, he could his inappro- hand away. And he tried it again. He tried to double tick the same, in the same, yeah. the same day. In like the same freaking four minutes. Oh, he went in for a, a retouch? Yeah. A retickle? Yeah, and I slapped <gasps> it away again. I'm oh, really so hard. Creepy. It's really hard God. to follow through with sexual harassment with me because I really cannot, I, I will not stand it. And I don't care how higher up you are. I'm going to say, like, I'm going to be a biatch about it and rightfully so. Good for so, you. Yeah, so. I've never done that to anybody. Thank God, Jeffrey. I, mean, I was raised right. I don't know why, or I missed that gene, but I've never wanted to touch anybody who did not want to be touched. Because guess what? No me gusta either. No, right? Back in the pre-pandemic days, I've you know I've had my my tushy pinched oh. while taking pictures With, by by key demographics. Oh, like moms, maybe after a couple shabblies. Oh Lord, they really they they. I, I've been. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> but it does not make me feel good. No, it, no, it's it's violation in its worst form. So yeah. I don't know. Jeff, what was your best job? My best job is currently Emily, oh, yeah, which is television wondering. star, I think you're dumbass. A basic cable Emmy nominated. Hey, you know what? In all fairness. Daytime Emmy nominated. All honesty. Yeah. This is it. This is a dream, Jeff. Obviously, I aspire to be a late night host of a show and guest host Saturday Night Live, which will happen. Mm-hmm. I'll get there. But I believe this is you great. can, too. I could do this forever. I love being a Food Network talent. I love doing it. I worked really hard to get here. It wasn't on a whim. It was orchestrated. Uh, I did many uncomfortable things, not like in that realm. I know, but, but- <laughs> I put myself in many uncomfortable performance situations I where I didn't feel like performing, or I knew this was a dead room, or I didn't want to do stand up in the basement of a bowling alley or oh. a fried chicken joint or any of these things. But I knew every little thing counted in the end. The cliche thing to you know say is you never know who's watching or listening, but mm-hmm. for me, it was exercise. Uh, that you know, every time I either was in a bad job or a performance that I didn't want to be in, it all practice. led up to something. Yeah. So this is it. It's my best job. So how did it all start with the Food Network star? Like I went to a open call in person while Ooh. I lived in LA. I was cooking in a restaurant. I graduated culinary school. I t- kind of took the last year when we lived in LA for four years. Sarah was nursing. I was hustling. Performing. Not nursing babies. She, she wasn't was nursing me, Emily. Oh. I was she was tickling my tummy every night. She oh, laid God. her head on my tummy and <laughs> lapped at my navel. Oh. That's a long tongue. So I was out there hustling, doing the doing the dance. Doing the dance. Made it. I knew I wanted to be on Food Network. That's why I went out there. Because cousin Joe Ballerini, Hollywood super director, writer, author, was like, come on out. We'll shoot a pilot. Boom. Boom. I'm coming out. I'm going to bring the old lady with me. Went out there. Furnished apartment in Glendale. Remember, I love that apartment. It was, it was so great much Great apartment. Fun. Threw these things on the weekends. We'd record it. We'd throw, you know, catering events. My cousin Joe's house in Laurel Canyon in the hills. And we film it and we edit it and we pitch it, you know, with uh, Ali Khan, who's now currently a Food Network talent. Yeah. Made it a couple years after. You know, he's hosting a spring baking championship, did cheap eats for five, six seasons on Cooking Channel. He's a great friend. We talk almost every day and I'm so glad he made it. But we kind of hustled this thing, went to culinary school, graduated, worked in restaurants, was still kind of honing my chops, was always doing groundlings back then, improv. So I was like, I need to keep building, right? Exercising yeah. these muscles. And I saw that they were having an open call. 
Already decided to move back home to Chicago. I was like, let's do it. Killed it. Got like two callbacks while in LA. Oh, wow. Then I moved back. Never heard from him. That ghosted. We've all been there. And then I heard from him. Oh, just December, like. December, four months after I got back. And they said, we're flying you out to New York City, Jeff Morrow. You're a semifinalist for casting a Food Network star season four. Fly out to New York. First time in the big city. Walking around, taking pictures. I'm a digital camera. <laughs> Times Square. Times, I was like, you know, I got up off the subway because they put me in an airport in Queens by uh, by LaGuardia. I remember it was like a, a, a days in. I was like the worst. But I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in New York City. I'm like, wait a minute. I need to like two hours of trains and subways. But I got there. Oh, good for you. I sped my arms out and I did a circle. Oh, I did in the middle I of Times I spun around in the middle of Times Square. But I, needless to say, I didn't get the job that day, even though I aced the whole audition. It was like, boom, went home. I thought I had it in the bag. Never got the call back. So I kept, all the subsequent years, I kept trying out, sending in videos. And I uh, finally kind of had my last straw. I was cooking professionally. I was a corporate chef and I was performing. I was doing everything I could. I was auditioning for commercials. I was. I, I, I think you were in a Luna commercial. Yes, I was. Anyone in a Luna. Chicago people know that one. I was crushing regional carpet commercials. Oof. I was in a Miller Lite commercial for one second. I remember. Legendary. And I just kept kind of doing everything I was supposed to do to kind of get to that point while auditioning for Food Network Star. Because I tried all the other ways producing my own stuff, getting representation making pilots with production companies, shopping those around. Nothing got picked up. I was going to go the only way at the point, which was a reality cooking competition hey. show. And uh, it was my last draw. We had Lorenzo. He was like one, one and a half. And I'm like, Sarah, I don't want to do this anymore. I am so tired of like auditioning. I want to perform. I'll keep doing it. I'll do stand up. I'll do whatever. I'll be in bands. I'll do, I'll scratch that itch at on mm. nights and weekends when I can. And I'll just open a sandwich shop eventually. She said to me, Jeff Morrow, one more time. This is it. She's not like super, you know, she was always very realistic, but she goes, I have a feeling if you put this audition tape in, you're going to, you're going to get on and our life's going to change forever. I said, you don't know me, woman, but yeah, it, I it, submitted it. And the rest to, is history. Got a call two days later. No shit. Again, semifinalists. I went to New York a week later, came home, got a call like a day later and said, you're on the show. I booked it. I booked the show. Em. That was it. Because I tried it the unconventional way. I tried it on my own. And luckily for me, it was it was a kind of right at that apex point of Food Network Star where you really did get your own show when you won. And that got me Sandwich King, which there you go. was nominated, Emily, for a, have you heard? What? Daytime Emmy Award. I, I believe I have heard that. But you know, Jeff, that is quite a story. And it just shows not every route is linear. The route to our dreams. Oh, my God. There may be some but. twists and turns and mountains and molehills. All the things, man. But it's literally my dream job and my best job and my current job are all the same. So that's very fortunate. Thank you all for just supporting me through yeah, all the well, years. Ten years in the making, Emily. Yes, indeed. It's been ten years. Ten years. What is? What would be your dream job? Okay, if I could do it all over again, Jeff, I would have had some more proper vocal training. And I would be a big time background singer. I don't want to be in the front. I never want to be in the front. But do I want to sing in harmony, which I can't do, with like two other people, maybe one, doing synchronized movements on a huge stage, like 
forever, like traveling, living the life, but like not having the notoriety, but having some, uh, little, little, just a little, like, you know, a taste of the fame. Not, yeah. That, that would be like, if, you know, I could rewind time. But other than that, I still do want to, uh, you know, be a showrunner for my own show, which I write and am in charge of one day. One day. I'm one day. You know, keep your eye on the prize. Everything is copy, yo. The thing people ask me a lot. How did you get up? How'd you do it? How'd you make it by making? I just making shit all hey. the time. You listen, you heard half, you know, hey. they might not be great, but I'm making man. I'm working that part of my brain constantly. I always try to move forward. Even when I felt stuck, you just do something even for five minutes a day that helps get you to that point, whatever it is. Like what you said, you want to write a show. People are like, how do I get a show on TV? Gotta I don't write, write the show. They're I like, know. well, can I talk to somebody? I go, no, I'm not going to put you in contact with an agent because you got to make the show. you got to write the show. Writers write, right? Musicians perform or, or play or record. So you got to do it. You just got to do it. I know. I do got to do it. But you put know. Put it out there. I am. Oh, I'm doing trying. You're doing still... great work, Emily. Thank you. But I do love doing this. I do love producing. Well, we're gonna get. Creating. We're gonna take over the world. I, I do want it. That, that's also a dream. <laughs> dream that's it. Job. With, with that English, Emily, nobody's I... ever gonna let you <laughs> ever not succeed. Emily, just you got it. You're hey. talented. This is great. This Focus is great. on nothing but the podcast now, though. That's that is my I well charge to you. Eventually, I'm doing that. But you know what? Before we close out this episode, Jeff, I think we have to talk about all of our listeners who sent us their weirdest, worst, stupidest jobs. So it's time, Emily, for what I am dubbing the come on over listener lightning round. Yes, we finally have an appropriate name for it. Okay, this one's from Wizbam 77 Her worst job was cold call telemarketer for a funeral home. Jesus, what does that even look like? No. Um, this one is from Mary Eliza 222 CNA. Held a puke bucket for a lady while she simultaneously had the Rhea for two plus hours. What's a CNA? A certified nursing assistant. Oh, gee, okay. Emily? Thanks, wow. sir. Mm. This one is from Stereo Intellect. Oh, really? Security in Vegas. A lot of stories there, I imagine. I bet. I it's bet. The, the best of society. I know. Security in Vegas. Uh, this is from Paige Harkins. Dressing up as E.T. and taking pictures with people at the mall. Was she a child? I, I mean, know. E. This is kind a, of small. a long time ago. Okay. This one's from Deanne Stig. A horse race track stall cleaning and crazy horse walking. Terrified. What? I don't even know what that means. What does that even? This one is from a blonde frog lover. <laughs> okay. Cleaning up vomit on the spin out at Six Flags, where I was in a ride operator in 1976. Yeah, that's probably the one you stick to the wall. Ugh, I know that. I know I'm familiar. Not the job. This is from our good friend Jim Cook's Food Good. Sold bling at a mall kiosk. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm wondering, because they're always just sitting on a stool doing I, absolutely nothing at every mall kiosk. Nobody's doing anything. No one's buying bling. No one's buying. <laughs> Hopefully, you didn't make commission, Jim. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is from Maggie Menalino. Easy, working as a nursing tech on a gastro floor. Think lots and lots of poop Boo. emoji. This oh. one's from Meg Town. Junior staff at a summer camp. Meal prep okay, but bathroom duty, especially for 10-year-old boys. Yeah, they tend to miss. Oh, God. This is from Trisha Quinn, 1234. I worked at a pickle factory one summer. 
Don't ask me how the relish is made. Oh, my God. I bet she smelled great when she came home. <laughs> oh. It's like her eyes were just bleeding. Oh, God, so much This brininess. one's from Christina Vega, working at Enterprise. Had to clean a Tahoe after someone drove it around with it with their horse. <laughs> Can you fit a horse in a Tahoe? I, it was it, a mini horse. It is. It had to be a mini horse, but I'm sure that's a great story there. This is from N.M. Kreger. I worked at a podiatrist. I was in charge of filing photos of people's foot fungus. Oh, that's Yikes. horrible. I just went on medication for a very small case of toe fungus. Oh, wow. So I'm sorry, Adam Krieger, but I did this remotely, so nobody took a picture of my damn oh, toe. Oh, nice. I own all my pictures. That's <laughs> Okay. This one's from Danny Curran. I cleaned college dorms during the summer. The amount of boogers I cleaned off walls and ceilings. Probably not boogers, Boogers, Danny. I know. That's what I was thinking. Those uh, are male stalagmites oh, and stalactites. Jesus Christ. This is from... Talking about the schmunk. I know. Thanks, Jeff, for clarifying. This is from B. Weithman, 80. Toe checker at a public pool. Probably checking for toe fungus. Really? Oh, my I Lord. I would think so. I mean... Wow, I hope... And you'd have to, back in the day, she said this was back in the day, you'd have to put the toe in your mouth, mouth just to course. make sure it was full. Yes. Fully it needs to be very thorough. Was any toe fungus in your mushroom documentary? No. This one's from <laughs> Natalie M. LaRose. While working at a tanning salon, I would have to clean puddles of sweat off the bed. Oh, that's oh, rough. Oh, God. With a squeegee, I would assume. Oh, God. I hope so. And with some gloves. Uh, this is from Aisha Aisha, cleaning the drain in the bakery department. FYI, smelt like ass piece, y'all. Ooh, yeah, all that yeast in there growing oh. and molding. This is from Monica Miras, cleaning dead snails off the bottom of the aquarium in a neurobiology lab in college. $6 an hour. Me too! Wow, very specific. We had the same job. Ugh, <laughs> nobody. This is from Mecker777, selling manure from earthworm droppings. Oh, yeah, that's a good source of manure. No. Tastes amazing. This one's from Rob M two five two five. Shout out at Kids Pizza Party Place. And my job was to clean all the balls in the ball pit. Oh, awful. Geez. Yeah, that's a MRSA heavy look. Or, oh, environment. So much MRSA. So much MRSA. This is from Hey Carrie Ann W. I was one of the characters at Chuck E. Cheese that interacted with guests. Gross costume. Yeah, it was probably oh. they probably used the inside of the costume to clean the balls from the ball pit. Oh Lord, and I bet you that was pre Febreze. Oh, it was pre bleach. Oh jeez. This one's from Thorod. Thord. Thord. Hotel maid when I was fourteen. Dumping trash into a barrel that had maggots crawling all over. Yeah, we've we've oh. all we've all seen that during the height of summer. Have we? I don't know. I, don't, I, I hate maggots. Oh, God. In the that's, garbage. Uh, this is from Melissa Yella Zalapan. That's good. That's <laughs> okay. what I was going to say. I'm a hygienist. I literally clean the teeth of teenagers that tell me they don't brush their teeth. Why? How do you not brush your teeth? I don't Stop know. It. I always brush my teeth. I, I tell Lorenzo, I go, you really want dirty green teeth? No. Brush your damn teeth. A Water 64 says, Sizzler had to go to the bank with all singles and try to convince the teller I wasn't. A stripper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That's true, right? Yeah. It's automatic. True. This is from Alyssa on Ainsley. I worked in a veterinary fecal lab. No, I'm not kidding. Well, they tested the poop. Poopy. You know when you have a dog, they ask you to bring in a stool sample. I know. So I guess she was, you know, stool testing. Good for her. Thank Good you for, for doing her. the Lord's work. Mary G. 
Hoven <laughs> says Walgreens had to clean up after a lady pooped her pants in the bathroom. Yikes. Did she clean the lady? Maybe she cleaned both. When you gotta go, you gotta go, Em. Oh, this is from Laura Cones. Sifting black pepper at a spice plant. I cried and coughed for three days afterward. She probably only lasted one day. I, I don't think that's right. You would need a respirator, at least an N95 for that guy, right? This is from KM Lin NM. This is Boston Market. Two days. Ew. Why? I crushed them, Boston Market. I, I know. I love it. It's so good. Uh, Marissa Tang, Chuck E. Cheese party hostess. Place was gross and moms are mean. I'm done to I'm sensing a theme here with a certain employer. Mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese is, is kind of gross. I know. Look at another one about Chuck E. Cheese. Worked at Chuck E. Cheese when I was 16 to 17. I decided then I did not want kids and never did. Whoa. Wow. That could have been a president that you would have birthed. But because of Chuck E. Cheese, it ruined all your dreams. Hey, you know, Chuck E. Cheese does that to people. Um, we got one last one, which is more of a story. From Kelly Weideman, who, who's, you know. Uh, I, she, we give her grace. She's a, she's a very she, frequent contributor. Indeed. So, worked at a shoe store in college. Had to fit a man for a new pair of kicks. Went to go measure his foot and noticed this man had shit his pants and it was dripping mm. out of his old pair. Mm. Took off his old pair, dry heaved, and walked out. Never went back to work. Fuck that. Wow. Thank you. Guess what Kelly Weiderman was doing? Working for a living. Damn right she was, as in all of these people who contributed. Hey, they they have enough to afford Instagram, so they've obviously made something of themselves. (laughs) Exactly. They contributed via Instagram. Thank you, people. And we love when you do that. So when I do put a question on there, tell us what you're feeling. Yeah. You got something else to say? Email us at askjeff at comeonover.com. Yeah. Subscribe, like, share. Rate. With everybody, rate the five, give us the five, and tell all your friends about it. Yeah, tell your uncles, tell your aunts, tell your weird cousins, Yeah, tell it, your co-workers who you may or may not like. Yeah, hopefully this brings up some, I don't know, confidence yeah. in, inside you if you're not happy at your job. Yeah, go go job hunt. Go redo that resume. Do that. Yeah. Monster.coming. Do they still have monster.com? Monster.com. Yeah, go monster it, it, career builder, whatever. We're we're not, hey, they're they're not paying us to advertise. I don't care anymore, Emily. Me neither. What I do care about is that you guys, we are so thankful for you coming on over. Always. Unfortunately now, due to the certain amount of circumstances. Uh, Yes. Mostly Emily has done a lot of crying. She's got a lot of work to do. I'm so sad. I got so many things to do. She does. I know. We got to go, she's got to go tend to father. And rub, rub his ankles. Feed him some more mayonnaise. Mm, he loves mayonnaise. Thank you all for coming on over. Now get the hell out. Come On Over podcast is powered by Game Plan, produced and edited by me, Emily Morrow. Jeff Morrow does all of our original songs, not the one you heard today by Donna Summer and the doo-wop band. Um, we'd like to thank... Stylistics. Stylistics, thank you. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. We'd like to thank those who contributed by sending us their weird-ass jobs. And we hope you tune in the next time. Ambivalent. What's the fucking word? You want to be um, Dirk at Splin. When you're like not, invis- not ambiguous. invisible. Ambiguous. Ambiguous.
it ambiguous? Inconspicuous. Whatever. I just don't want to be noticed. That would be Inconspicuous. Fine. If you don't want to be noticed, you want to be inconspicuous. But no. Um, 